Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rain and Fruit Podcast. This is officially the last episode of this year. I'm so excited to go ahead and get into it. And also, I'm not going to make any promises because I'm not really sure, but for next year, I'm thinking maybe some guests and some different topics are in the works. So I'm pretty excited about that too. But for now, so excited that we're here. And yeah, let's go ahead and get into the last episode of 2022. Okay, so I have decided to title this episode Glory. And to begin, I just want to start off with the definition of the word itself. So again, the word is glory. And the meaning, if you just look it up on like a quick little Google search, one of the meanings is magnificent or great beauty, right? So then I looked, I dug a little deeper and I looked into like the Hebrew meaning of it. And in Hebrew, the word itself is spelled K-A-V-O-D, but I've also seen it spelled K-A-B-O-D. But it normally means something around battle armaments or the word heavy or even the word connection. So a strong, heavy connection could be interpreted from it. Um, And then also, if we just look it up by ourselves, the magnificence and the great beauty comes up. So basically, one thing that I want to note about this word is that it's not just used in like our daily language. Like we don't go up to people and say like, oh, I glorify you. Like like it's not just a common word that we use. It still has a designated purpose today, just like it did in the Bible. And normally it's used to talk about God and his glory or glorifying God or somewhere in that capacity. We're not it's not just in our daily vocabulary. Right. So I was reading scriptures that have this word glory in it. And while I was looking, I came across something that I found interesting, a pattern that I noticed. So I'm going to read Psalm 24, 7 through 10 really quickly, and then I'll expand more on what I meant by the pattern. So Psalm 24, 7 through 10, it says, Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So one thing that I noticed while I was reading this is the repetition. This is David speaking. And what he's saying is like, lift up your heads, O gates. He says that in verse 7 and also in verse 9. And I was like, why is he saying like the same thing? Like, (laughs) what is going on here? But what I noticed is that This repetition demonstrates the weightiness and the heaviness that God's glory carried because when when something's so big and so important or um, just it, it takes up a lot of space, we normally have to prepare for it. So like if it's a big event, like maybe a wedding or a big birthday party that has been planned for years or just a lot of time in general, when something is really important or big, we normally have to plan for it, right? So by David's repetition in these two verses of him saying, lift up your heads, O gates, it's not because he just wants to repeat himself or hear himself talk. It's because the the weight of God's glory and his importance, it's so much more than just oh, God's showing up today. It's like, we need to prepare for him. We need to make sure that we are right with him. We need to make sure that we are living lives that are ready for his glory to be revealed in its fullness. So that's what this episode is going to be about. How can we prepare? How can we make sure that we are right with God and to really know him while we're here on this earth? Because y'all, this earth is not all that we have. (laughs) There's an eternity and we can spend it with God. So how do we prepare for that? How do we prepare for him coming back and his glory being revealed to us in its fullness? So the first thing that I'd say to answer this question of how we can prepare is to simply believe that God is real. It sounds like such a simple task or just like um, 
thing to do. However, I know that it can be very hard for many, especially those who have been hurt who ha- by people who have claimed to have known God or those who have just experienced like really hard things in life. And they're just like, how is there a God if all of this has happened? There's so many different stories that I've heard as to why people feel like they can't believe in God or like they're just really struggling with their faith. But to all of that, I want to say, I hear you. I see how negative experiences could have hardened your heart. I see how people could have hardened your heart, but that does not change God's goodness or his realness and who he is. There are many things that we don't understand just as humans in general too, but when the truth reveals itself to us, we must either make a decision to believe it or not. So what does that mean? Well, in Romans chapter one, it is talking about unbelief in God actually and its consequences and explains how ever since the creation of this world, Three things have been known to us and clearly shown, and it's God's invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his divine nature. They've clearly been seen, and so those who choose not to believe are left without excuse and without defense. If you guys have ever studied, like, the anatomy of the human body or even something as simple as, like, photosynthesis of plants and how they grow, it's evident that the detail involved in these things is by no accident. Like, we obviously have a creator. And so that's what it's saying. It's saying that Since you've been born into this earth, if you look at anything around you, the way the sun sets, the way the trees grow, the way the wind blows, you know that it's not just an accident. It's coming from somebody. It's coming from a creator. And so when you seek the truth of who God is, when you ask him to show you what's real, what the truth is, and you really seek truth, it'll be shown to you. So by people knowing this from the start, by simply just living in the world, You're left without excuse or without defense if you do not believe in God. Do you see what I mean? And it sounds kind of like cut and dry, but it really is. I mean, like, I feel like us as humans, we try to complicate things too much and theorize everything and try to fit everything into a box so that we feel better about understanding. But the truth of the matter is that we won't understand everything, but God is still God. Truth is still truth. He is still who he is and he's still good. And when you lay down your own logic and your own understanding and your own way of how you've lived for so long and really just stay open to hearing him and knowing his truth, things will be revealed to you that you never could have seen before because you were so set on the fact that he wasn't real or that the pain that happened to you or just never could have happened if he was or whatever it is that you've been holding on to that has been keeping you from believing in God. But the first step is to believe that God is real. It sounds so simple, yet again, so many things happen that leave people feeling broken and like they really don't know if he is. So what I'm saying is that if you find yourself struggling with your faith in God or just believing that he's real, I just want you to say a simple prayer asking God to show you the truth of who he is. And when you say that prayer, remember to remain open to receiving the answer. Not the answer that it's tailored to you, not the answer that you want to hear. Just be prepared to leave every bit of your understanding that you've lived with for so long in your life behind and to start fresh because you won't be the same person as before when you truly encounter who God is through your own experience with him. And lastly, for this point of believe that God is real, um, I'd add on, I was reading the other day and it was in 2 Timothy and a scripture stood out to me and it was 2 Timothy 2.13, which says, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. So in simpler language, (laughs) in the Amplified Version, it says, 
If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So basically what it's saying is that truth being truth does not depend upon whether we choose to believe it. This is why when people say, oh, well, everyone is right because truth is what you make it. That's not true. (laughs) If that were true, there wouldn't be any truth because no one would technically be right. So this is why I strongly encourage everyone to truly seek the truth and ask God who he is. Ask him to reveal truth to you. Even if you're struggling to believe that he's real with whatever ounce of faith you have in him, ask him to reveal truth to you of who he is because there is is one truth or else it wouldn't be truth. It would just be everybody doing what they want. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. It doesn't matter what we think, he's still God. And so our feelings don't determine it. Our rejection issues, our healing that we still need to face, our wounds, they don't determine his truth. What we've been through doesn't determine his truth. He's God. He was God when we were created. He's God when we won't be on earth anymore. He's God, period. So I just want to put that out there because I think that a lot of times us as humans, and it's completely normal, but we respond out of our emotions. We respond out of our feelings sometimes. And we build up like these walls and it's hard for us to hear things that we don't really want to hear, right? But that doesn't negate truth being truth. And so if you feel like you just really don't believe in God, I just encourage you to say that prayer. God, reveal to me the truth of who you are. Whether you feel like you're believing in him or not with whatever ounce of faith you can scrape up, ask him to reveal the truth to you and be open to be transformed because he wants to do life with us. He wants to heal us. He wants us to be better and he wants us to be close to him. Like we're not supposed to be separated from him. That's what sin did, but his love, his love paid it all. So I just want to put that out there. The first point is to first believe that God is real. Moving on to the second way that we can prepare for God's glory. Maintain your own relationship with Jesus. In Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about being anxious and worrying about things that he already knows you need, right? So in verse 33, he says, But first and most importantly, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you also. So sometimes it's mostly heard as like, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Basically what it's saying is that when we have God leading us and choose to follow his direction, we end up right where we need to be. All we need truly in this life is him and everything else will be added and given unto us because he sees that we need it. So... When I say maintain your own relationship with Jesus, having a relationship with God is so essential for living a life that's worth it because we each have a purpose. Like we were created with a purpose and we cannot fulfill it outside of God because he's the one who put that purpose in us and he created us to begin with. In addition to that, we ourselves cannot be satisfied outside of him. We're supposed to know him. We were never meant to be separated from him, but that was the consequence of sin. However, now through Jesus, we're able to be reconciled with God and actually know him for ourselves if we choose to do so. And I want to put an emphasis on if we choose to do so, because he's not going to force anybody to be his child. He loves us all enough to let us choose. But when you do choose, that's when the real healing occurs. That's when the real restoration comes into your life and the real the real, (laughs) the real everything that you need, the real love, the real peace, the real joy, everything that is when it comes into your life, when you allow God to work in you and through you and produce those things from the inside. The fruit that's produced as a result of being connected to God is sweet. It's, it's peace, it's love, patience, kindness, goodness. And I'm just naming the fruits of the Holy Spirit, but 
faithfulness, joy, and self-control. And you're able to be set free from things that hold you back in so many ways like unforgiveness, anxiety, anger, depression, fear, etc. When you're connected to God, it doesn't mean that you're going to be this perfect little person all of a sudden. But what it does mean is that you have the tools to grow. You have the tools to move forward and to actually feel like you're accomplishing things and know that you are because you're in alignment with the one who created you. You're not trying to wonder who you are in this world, what you're supposed to be doing, and just run from thing to thing feeling unfulfilled and like there's a void in your heart. He fills that void. He knows who you are. He knows the purpose that he's given you. So he's going to help you to go from glory to glory to glory, to keep on improving who you are and walk in the blessings that he has intended for you to have and that you may have been unknowingly blocking yourself from by having certain habits or holding on to things that have been holding you back from receiving all that he has for you and building off of that I just want to say really quickly that the plans that God has for us are always good so when he's calling certain things sin when he's prompting you to not do certain things or to um just really like be better it's not because he just wanted to have like a fun little time calling things sin and just be like oh you can't do this you can't do that it's because he knows the consequences of sin he knows what they do he knows the end from the beginning and so he knows that if we do this then this he can see things that we don't necessarily always see or that we don't know are going to happen in the future and he wants what's best for us so i just want to also hone in on the fact that God's intentions are always pure because he's good. Goodness comes from him. He is love. Love comes from him. And so he's never doing anything with malicious intent towards us. He loves us, but he's also, as our as his children, going to direct us in the right path. And another thing that's beautiful about coming to him is that you can commit your ways to him and let him lead you to everything it is that you need. Um, You don't have to be perfect when you're coming to him. I feel like I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, I need to get myself together before I come to God or I need to stop doing this before I can even talk to him. No, he knows that we're imperfect and he still chooses to love us. His love isn't like our love where we're like, you know what, I'll, I'll do this for this. He chooses to love us despite the condition that we're in. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is if we want to stay in that position Or if we want to be repentant and come to him saying, you know what, I do need help. I want to change a direction. I commit my life to you. I commit my ways to you. I want you to lead me because the way that I've led myself hasn't gotten me anywhere. You see what I mean? So that's the beautiful thing about coming to God. He doesn't need you to be perfect before coming to him. He just needs you to be willing, willing to yield to him and receive everything that he wants to give you. And that's what's best for us because he's God. He knows what's best. It's not being a good person. And I say that in quotations that get you where you need to be. It is submitting to God and allowing him to lead you where you need to be because works can only get you so far. Jesus already did everything that we needed in order to be reconciled with God on the cross. So we either choose to accept that gift of salvation and keep it moving or we stay stuck where we are at. But our works aren't going to get us very far because we're imperfect, okay? So <laughs> just let go of that burden to do that and do this and do that and just be good. And I'm an overall good person. I'm I'm going to go where I need to, right? No, it's not about you. It, it really never was. It's about God and us yielding to him, right? And your works may change as a result of you being connected to God. As a matter of fact, it's normal that your works do change as a result of you being connected to God. But it's not your works that got you anywhere with him. It's your willingness to hear him because he already paid the price for us to know him and to be able to get where we need to be with his strength, not just our own. So, so far for how do we prepare 
we have first believe that God is real second maintain your own relationship with Jesus and lastly be steadfast in your walk with God the meaning of the word steadfast is to be firm and unwavering right so this means that circumstances will always be changing but God will be God forever. So if we can remain steadfast with our eyes on him, if we can keep our eyes locked in him, we will also remain steadfast in our faith. And as a result, have a firm foundation. So in Isaiah 26, three through four, it says, you will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast because he trusts and takes refuge in you. By focusing on the Lord, we are getting literally everything that we need. We receive the nourishment necessary for our souls. We receive the joy to make it through hard times. We receive the healing that we need from wounds of the past or from wounds that occur. We we have God on our side, and that's a beautiful thing to have. So remain faithful to God. You're going to make mistakes. You may feel like hiding at times, but He sees you still, and He wants you. He wants all of you, even the imperfections. He wants to do life with you, and He's waiting for you to give him your yes. So I'm going to close this out with a prayer. And remember that if you have any questions, you can either DM on rain and fruit Instagram at rain underscore and underscore fruit or submit a question to the section on the podcast web- website, which is rainandfruit.com. So dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you prepare us for your glory. I pray that no one listening to this episode is left unprepared. I ask that you show each of us the truth of you and that we are renewed as a result of the revelation you provide because you make all things new. I pray that we be filled with your Holy Spirit and that your living water flows through each of us, never leaving us thirsting for anything else. Show us who you are, Lord. Give us the courage to say yes to you. I ask that we have eyes that see and ears that hear and discern truth. I pray for anyone who may be struggling to believe that you're real because of past trauma or pain or anyone struggling with their faith in general. Abba, I ask that you break down any strongholds that may be keeping them from experiencing life with you. And I ask that they tangibly feel your love and presence around them. I pray for life-changing encounters in your presence. For everyone who has listened to this episode, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. So that's it for the last episode of Rain and Fruit Podcast for 2022. I hope that you all have an amazing rest of the day wherever you're listening to this from. I love you all, and I hope that you understand God's love for you as well and that you are transformed by it. Again, I'm not sure about next year what exactly it's going to look like for this podcast. However, I'm going to go with the flow. I am wanting some guests on here, so we'll see how it goes. But anyway, I love you all. I'll talk to you on the next episode of Rain and Fruit Podcast.